In time, time once, once again, again for, for the, the Bible, Bible broadcast, broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, I would like to say what a real blessing it is to be on the radio again. And I want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible study and Bible exposition. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia. And I want to thank you for listening to the Bible broadcast. I trust today that as we open the Word of God that you will be blessed and encouraged and if you are not a Christian, not saved, I trust that God will speak to your heart and bring conviction and you may trust him and receive him today as your Lord and Savior. My, my, it is such a blessing to be, uh, to be alive and to be able to serve the Lord and I appreciate the blessings of God on my life. I do request that you pray for my wife and I as I continue to try to carry the gospel in evangelism and uh, just preach from church to church week after week. We certainly covet your prayers because I know that without the Lord, I can do nothing. And what a blessing it is to know that I've got people that are praying for me and praying for this ministry. Let me encourage you to go to our website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. Of course, that's all one word and all lowercase letters. KeithAllisonMinistries.com and on our website you'll see the schedule that we have. My wife keeps about four to six weeks in advance posted and then you'll see uh, the books that I have written and how you can order those and then you'll see the radio stations that I'm currently on and uh, you'll see some opportunities to hear as some of those stations stream online and then also as one station archives, and you can listen on demand. But it is a real honor that uh, I have just to try to uh, carry the gospel. I'm privileged, I'm humbled, and uh, I feel such a grave responsibility to do what I'm doing. And I can't do it without your faithful prayers. And so may the Lord bless you. And I do hope that you and your family are well. And my heart, my prayer goes out to you. Or if, you if you are having difficulties, if you are having times of sickness or even a recent death, I just want you to know that, uh, that uh, we're, we would love to be able to pray for you. And if you ever feel like sharing a prayer request with me or anything, then you feel free to contact us by phone, by text messaging, uh, by email, or, or even writing a letter. And I know not too many folks write letters anymore, but I still get a few. And I get a few phone calls and a few emails and a few texts. And so we'd love to just correspond with you if we could and if I could be a blessing to you. All right, today I'm going to go back to the book of Hebrews in chapter number two. And I want to finish a message that I started last time and uh, last week we looked out of Hebrews chapter number 2 at a text there in verse number 3. And I'm preaching last week and this week, I'm preaching on this text, a so great faith. Excuse me, a so great salvation. I do have a message uh, out of the Luke chapter 7 on a so great faith. But this is a so great salvation. In Hebrews chapter number 2, and verse number one, the Bible says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. 
For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Now, we noticed uh, here that he's talking about salvation. As a matter of fact, the context, you back up into chapter 1 and verse 14, where he said, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And so do not allow the chapter break to confuse you because the writer is moving right on into chapter 2. You see, the chapter divisions were put in later. And so uh, chapter 2 and verse 1, he is following up what he introduced in chapter 1, verse 14, when he said that, uh, talking about those that would be heirs of salvation. So chapter 2 and verse 1 opens with therefore. In other words, you and I are heirs of salvation. So the context is in chapter 1 and verse 14. The charge is in chapter 2 and verse 1. And the charge is, is that we should, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I want to ask you a question. How many times has God said something to you, spoken to you, or you have seen something in the Word of God, but because you did not act on it immediately, you allowed it to slip from you. It, the word slip is a nautical term. It is describing a boat that is being carried out away from the dock by the waves of the sea. So it is slipping away. And a lot of times if we hear truth and are dealt with by the, the holy word of God and we do not deal with it, then it can slip from us. And so the charge is that we ought to take heed lest it slip. And then we see the contrast in verse 2 and 3, and he is contrasting what was said to the people in the Old Testament in verse number 2 versus what was said through our Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on the earth. And he is saying that if what was said in the Old Testament, uh, if, if their rejection and disobedience received a, a, a just recompense of reward, in other words, if they were judged for mishandling the truth in the Old Testament, then how much more will we be responsible for the truth that we have in the New Testament era? And then we see he said, how shall we escape? And I want to say there is no escape. How shall we escape if we neglect, that is, if we shun, if we just don't do anything about it, so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and of course that's Jesus, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. That is, that's what the apostles uh, preached. In the book of Acts, the Bible said in chapter 2 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread. 
Well, what was the apostles' doctrine? It was the same thing that Jesus had been preaching. And so the apostles' doctrine was what they had heard Jesus teach. The New Testament had not been written yet. Paul had not been saved yet. And the, the giving of the New Testament mystery had not been revealed yet. And so their, what they preached was a confirmation of what Jesus said. And then as this began to expand, God bore witness. We see the confirmation in verse 4. God bore witness to those early apostles in the early church age and he accompanied their preaching with sign gifts. That would be wonders and miracles with sign gifts to verify that they were truly a man of God and that the message was the right message. So you and I today, because we've got a completed Bible, we do not need miracles and signs to confirm our ministry. If you want to know whether or not I'm preaching the Word of God and whether or not I'm a man of God, you just open your Bible and listen to me, amen, and you'll know that I have the call of God on my life and that I'm preaching to you the Word of God. So I'm dealing with that so great salvation. And I pointed out last time that I wanted to give you seven reasons why it is a so great salvation. And not only are these uh, seven reasons why it is great, but we see that they are also progressive in their order. They begin with number one and end up with number seven. And that's the way this work of salvation works in the sinner's heart, bringing him to faith. And then let me say that they are the same for everyone. You're not, Listen, you wasn't saved some way different than I was. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what nation you're from or what ethnic group or, or whatever. If you're saved, if you're truly born again, you got in the same way I did. Amen. And if time goes on another hundred years, folk that are saved then going to get in the same way. People have all, always only been saved one way. You say, well, what about under the law? They weren't saved by the law. Amen. They were not saved by the law. The law was given to show them their need of salvation. They were saved by placing faith in what revelation they had of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were saved by grace through faith, same way that you and I are saved. But you see, the difference is, is the law's been fulfilled uh, in the person of Christ judicially. And so you and I and nobody else is under the law the law condemned us, thank God. It condemned us. But you see, because we're not under it, we're no longer condemned because Jesus bore that for us. And this so great salvation is unchanging, amen. God's not going to change. It's timeless. It doesn't matter what time period, same way. And thank God we ought to rejoice if we are heirs of this salvation. So thank God, friend, I'm preaching on so great salvation. I want to ask you a question. Do you know beyond a reasonable doubt, do you know for sure that you are saved? Do you know that you are born again? Has there ever been a time when you have asked Jesus to save you, friend? Listen, have you ever repented of your sin? Friend, if you have not done these things, if you are not saved, if you've never asked the Lord to come into your heart to save you, then you're not a Christian. You're not saved by water baptism. You're not saved by church membership. 
You're not saved by getting a dose of the do-betters. If we could save ourselves, it would be of works, but that's what the whole Bible is teaching us is that it is not of works lest any man should boast, but it's of grace. It's all of grace that it may not be of works. So number one, last week I pointed out four things. Number one, I said that it is a so great salvation, number one, because God planned it. Amen. God planned it. I'm thankful that God had foresight, foreknowledge, and that he designed salvation like he did. He knew that Adam would fall. He knew that the human race would need a savior. And he foreordained that his son come into the world and die and give his life for the world that all who would believe upon him could be saved. So thank God, God planned salvation. We saw that last week. And then secondly, we saw that Jesus secured salvation. For God so loved the world, that's God's planning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus' part, that whosoever believeth in him, that's our part, should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Thank God, friend, we found out, a friend, that uh, the Bible said in 1 Peter 2, uh, 24, uh, who is on self by our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin uh, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. We found in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Jesus secured our salvation. You can't save yourself, but he paid the price. I said last week, I'm not going to re-preach my message, but I want to, do, I want to lay this down. Friend, last week, in relationship to sin, his death was redemptive. He paid the price. In relationship to propitiation, or in relationship to God, his death was a propitiation. It satisfied God. In relationship to man, his death was a reconciliation. He reconciled us to God. And then, in, in listen, his death was sanctifying. Amen. So we find that Jesus, dear friend, of that Jesus secured our number three, we saw that grace brings it. It's not of works, but grace for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Amen. Ephesians 2 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. So it's the grace of God that brings it, undeserving and unmerited as we are. God saved us by his grace. And then we saw fourthly last week that the gospel declares this salvation. What is the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, of the just shall live by faith. So, friend, let me say that the gospel declares salvation. Thank God, friend. Our message, a friend, our message is the word of God. Our message is the gospel. No wonder Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number, uh, what is it, chapter number 4, he said to preach 
Uh, he said to preach, amen, to preach the word, amen, be instant in season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So we find, friend, that that uh, that we are to preach the word, to preach the word. And the word has the gospel message in it, friend. And so that's what the salvation, that that's how it comes. Grace brings it, the gospel declares it. Number five, now I'm picking up fresh and new. Number five, uh, we're looking at seven things that make this salvation so great. Number five, it is faith that receives it. Faith receives salvation. Listen now, for by grace, that's on God's part. For by grace are you saved through faith, that's on our part. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Now, there's some people who try to, uh, try to establish a fact that us as sinners exercising faith is associated with a work. It is not, dear friend. And in Ephesians 2.8, when he said, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Uh, the word, the phrase, the gift of God, a lot of people think that that is talking about faith is a gift of God. He's talking about salvation is a gift of God. If you'll study that verse, friend, if you'll study the, the tense of that Greek, the Greek words in that verse, you'll find out uh, that he's talking about salvation is a gift of God, but it is the faith that the sinner exercises that he lays hold of that. And I know that we can say faith is a gift of God. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something, dear friend. You can't excuse yourself. You are to, listen, if you don't get saved, it's your fault. Faith receives salvation. The Bible says in John 3, 36, he that believeth, now listen, he that believeth, what do you got to do to believe? You got to have faith. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Uh, j j j listen, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen, friend, people aren't, people aren't uh, are going to go to hell because God consigned them to hell or because God elected them to go to hell. People are going to go to hell because they don't believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not receiving the message by faith. It is a faith message. If you'll do yourself a favor and study Romans chapter number five, you'll find out that that's the whole context of the chapter, that salvation is not by works but by faith. The Bible says, for if Abraham, Romans 4, 2, for if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For the scripture saith, for what saith the scripture? Abraham did what? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Abraham's believing is equivalent to Abraham's faith. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. So God is equating a person having faith and believing the gospel. God is putting that under the heading of the grace of God and not under the works of man. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him. You see, believing is not a work. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Look now, his faith 
is counted for righteousness. You see, we're identified with three men in the Bible. When we look at Adam, we see that we are identified in our need of salvation. Adam plunged the humanity into sin, and we need a Savior because we have the Adamic nature. When you look at Abraham, you see our access to salvation, and that access is faith. We are the children of Abraham. We're not spiritual Jews, but we are the children of Abraham in the sense that we are children of faith. We're saved the same way that Abraham was. The Bible said this. The Bible said in Romans 4.12, and the father and the father of circumcision, and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be uh, the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but now look, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made a none effect. So he said in verse number 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, but now listen, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So the salvation is brought to you and I. Grace brings it. The gospel declares it, but it is faith on the part of the sinner that receives it. Amen? That receives it. The Bible said in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it is the faith, amen, we, we have a faith righteousness. The Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas in Acts 16.30, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said in verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Amen. The Bible said in John 1.11 that Jesus, listen, the Bible said he came unto his own, now watch, and his own received him not. They received him not. They did not believe in him. But what happens in verse 12? But as many as what received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So he gave them power to become the sons of God why? Because they received him. My, my. Let's not get the cart before the horse. Amen. Let's not get the cart before the horse. Faith must receive salvation. In the Gospel of John, this is what John pinned down in John chapter number 20. Now listen carefully. In John chapter number 20, John is writing the Gospel of John to show and to defend the truth that Jesus was the Son of God, is the Son of God, against all of those agnostics in his day. And he said this in verse 30 and 31 of chapter 20, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. Why did John pin down what he did? But these are written that you might what? That you might believe 
that Jesus is the Christ. So what does this tell us? It tells us that we've got to have the gospel. Number one, we've got to have the facts of the message. We've got to have the gospel. So John is saying these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, if you don't know the facts, if you don't know the message, if you don't know the story, you don't get saved. Are you following me? Now watch. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Now watch. And that believing you might have life through his name. So the object of our believing is Jesus Christ. And the outcome of our believing is that you might have life through his name. Thank God for that, friend. So we receive this great salvation by faith. And then let me say sixthly, Number six, let me say that it is a so great salvation because the Spirit of God produces this salvation. It produces this. Now listen, you see, there's two sides here. There's two sides to a coin. There's two sides on a railroad track. The train got, got to run on both of them. And the work of the Holy Ghost is a work of God. And you're not going to get saved without it. You say, well, I believe, you, you can believe facts. Are you hearing me now? You can believe facts, but believing facts alone is not going to save you. It's got to have the, you got to have the working of the Spirit of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And to be born again is a divine work that happens from above. God must do it. You must be born from above, the Bible says. So it takes the, listen, it's so great salvation because it is the spirit that produces it. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It takes the work of the spirit of God. Jesus said in John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. That drawing is that convicting work of the Spirit of God. In John's Gospel, chapter number 16, Jesus talked about the work of the Spirit. He said in verse 8, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. In verse 9, when he said he'll convict of sin, that's our problem. He said he'd convict of righteousness, that's our need. He said he would convict of a, a convict of a judgment, and that's our accountability. It takes the Spirit of God to bring conviction. It takes the Spirit of God to bring conversion. Amen. But you've got to believe the gospel. Got, Jesus said, Nay, I say unto thee, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And then lastly, 
this seven steps of this so great salvation. Let's review real quickly. Number one, God planned salvation. Number two, Jesus secured salvation. Number three, grace brings salvation. Number four, the gospel declares salvation. Number five, faith receives salvation. Number six, the spirit of God produces salvation. And number seven, the believer experiences salvation. Hallelujah to that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank God I have eternal life right now. I'm saved right now, waiting to go to heaven. Positionally, amen, that was the time of my faith and repent. Positionally, I am justified once and for all. And that happened the very moment that I trusted Christ and was born into the family of God. Progressively, I am being sanctified. That is, God is working on me, changing me, molding me, fashioning me, and, and that's what he predestinated me to do. He predestinated me to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestination deals with those that are already saved. He's predestinated us uh, to be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. And then we see that we have permanent salvation. In other words, I'm waiting on my glorification. First John 3, 2. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I'm going to have to shut her down there. But thank God for a so great salvation. And let me say, if you'd like a copy of any of these messages, just send me a text or, a le or call me or email me, uh, uh, and we'll try to get you that in the mail. But you can email at keithallisonministries at gmail, that's gmail.com, write P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. You can call or text 706 968 1182, and please go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com, and until next time, uh, keep looking up for Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville Gainesville. It's 9 o'clock in time once again.